0: Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market view on Money FM
1: 89.3. Asia Pacific stocks are trading mixed this morning following an overnight rally on Wall Street. Seoul is in the red, down three quarters of a percent. Tokyo is flat, and Sydney is in the green, up a quarter percent. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, happy hump day, Ryan Huang.
0: Happy hump day. Is it already Thursday? Oh, (laughs) it's Wednesday. 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 (laughs) Wednesday. Oh, gosh.
1: All right, now that we got that settled, let's start the morning with the world of cryptocurrencies where much of the enthusiasm has faded and traders talk of a crypto winter. That's a term for a prolonged downturn that could last several years. Last November Bitcoin plunged some seventy percent from its highs. It's currently trading around twenty thousand six hundred US dollars per token, though it dropped to nearly seventeen thousand over the weekend. And I'm sharing this now because have you ever wondered could I invest in crypto falling well during the rally market watchers always talked about ways to invest in rising crypto shorting the cryptocurrency for retail investors at least has been more challenging until now so what's changed
0: ryan yeah so you've got a new product in the market to watch out for where you can pretty much short the prices of bitcoin so this is the pro shares Bitcoin or short Bitcoin strategy ETF. You might remember not too long ago, about eight months ago, they did come up with an ETF, but this was the US Bitcoin futures ETF, the first one to do so, and it would be on the futures of Bitcoin prices going up. But this time around, they have come up with something that goes in the other direction, where investors or traders can bet on the way down, which is pretty much what's happening these days.
1: Indeed, the ProShares short Bitcoin strategy ETF ETF does not directly buy or sell Bitcoin. Instead, it places wages on futures contracts on the Chicago uh, Mercantile Exchange that pay off when the price of Bitcoin dips. So it tracks an index. Now, there are some signs that investors are exercising caution in this area, trimming their positions in funds that short Bitcoin. CoinShares actually reporting that investors redeemed about 6 million US dollars from short funds. Last week, and nearly 40 million from digital investment products overall, which could perhaps indicate that negative sentiment is peaking. Now, that said, another way traders have been trying to bank on crypto's recent downturn is by shorting, and that is to say betting against, companies like MicroStrategy, companies that have invested in Bitcoin, those that are closely identified with its success or failure. Ryan, how have these short sellers been faring?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. So if you look at how Bitcoin prices have been faring, they have been pretty much going down since the start of the year. So if you look at Bitcoin down around 50% and Ether down around 70%. So no surprise to see the proxies, the stocks you mentioned, MicroStrategy, those have been big advocates of these cryptocurrencies. They have also been down. And if you have been betting on them going down, you would have made big time with gains such as an average of 130% if you were a short seller in digital asset stocks. So that's even better than wages against some of the sectors that have not been doing well. And this includes automobile and software companies. Uh, They have returned or 50% if you are a short seller on those sectors. And the retailing, media, and entertainment industries have seen gains of about 46% for short sellers in those sectors. So 130% gains if you are a short seller against cryptocurrency stocks.
1: Well, we said this before on the program, but it's worth reiterating. Investments in crypto are volatile. Shorting stocks can be as well. So if you're looking at an investment strategy of this nature... Have a strong stomach and really only invest what you can afford. All right, next up, let's turn to U.S. markets. Stocks rallied overnight to the S&P 500, jumped 2.5% as it regained a big chunk of last week's losses. The Nasdaq and the Dow both finished up more than 2% as well. What are the narratives behind this morning's rally, Ryan? Is it a sense that stocks were oversold Last week, or investors coming to terms with the Fed's monetary policy strategy, which appears to be front-loading its interest rate
0: hikes. I think it's more of the first reason you pointed out. A bit of a sense that things have been oversold after a brutal week and you have investors coming back, a bit of risk appetite to buy some of those stocks on the dips. Mm -mm. And here's where we have those tech stocks bouncing back and the likes of, for example, Google Parent Alphabet up 4.1%. Apple, 3.3% higher. Amazon, up 2.3%. Nvidia, 4.3% higher. So tech stocks bouncing back. Even Tesla's stock was up 9.4%, even as CEO Elon Musk talked about job cuts and clarifying how much exactly he's going for. So that's the picture we had, a bounce in markets as investors thought, hey, maybe it's time to get back into the market. A bit of overselling perhaps last week, uh, but it is a very tough one to call with how things have played out in the past few months. Buying on the dips has not played out well. Mm. Um, For the past 10 occasions, whereas S&P 500 has risen by more than 2%, it eventually closed lower. So buying on the dips has seen things go even further lower. And this may be no surprise as we have now gone through a bit of a bear market right now. Sentiment not that strong. We don't have a lot of news flow to trade on. The earnings picture, the prospects is not... not faring so good as well with the earnings or whether the um, prospects of a recession on the horizon. So all that just weighing on sentiment.
1: In the currency markets, the Japanese yen has fallen to a new 24-year low against the US dollar. It is now trading at around 136 to 137 against the greenback. Much of the yen's recent weakness has been linked to Japan's low interest rate policy. This time, though, it seems that the overall market narrative about risk is playing a role as well. Ryan, tell us more.
0: Yeah, let's take a look at the yen. So right now, we are seeing the dollar-yen cross at 136.50. So that's pretty much its lowest levels for the yen in 24 years. So it's pretty much a reflection of the divergence between the FOMC in the US, which is tightening policy, and the Bank of Japan, which is keeping its easy monetary policy so going in separate directions and that gap continuing to widen and that being compounded by the latest comments coming through from uh, Prime Minister Fumio Kushida saying that or calling for the Bank of Japan to keep its monetary policy accommodative to help the economy so that for now is expected to stay the course for the yen to weaken further so something really driving the yen weakness Uh, on top of that you have Japan's current account surplus and that is narrowing as well so something that is also compounding the picture for yen weakness so it is um, really one to watch as it continues to break new levels of weakness against uh, the greenback
1: let's bring the conversation to Singapore now where the government has introduced a new 1.5 billion dollar spending plan that's intended to provide support to individuals and businesses who are facing rising energy and food costs every household will receive a hundred dollars in utility credits low and middle income workers as well as retirees will also Received $300 to help with the offset for rising GST costs. Ryan, what are some of the other elements that this new support package helps uh, you know aims
0: to provide help with? Yeah, like you pointed out, it's all about support supporting the more vulnerable groups, those lower income groups, and it's all around addressing those rising costs of living where we have higher energy and food prices and. What was worth watching or noting is how the Ministry of Finance said this package was designed carefully so it does not spark more inflation in Singapore. So something to uh, think about, it's more targeted and policies are really skewed towards those who need it more. So we are looking at things like permanent enhancements to Comcare Assistance Schemes, Enhancements to the Enterprise Financing Scheme For businesses, uh, they can look for higher subsidies for their progressive wage credit scheme And also for taxi main hirers and private hire car drivers They will also get relief to the tune of a one-off reliefs of $150 come August
1: Shahab Bin, senior economist at Maybank, quoted by the Business Times, saying there's an absence of fuel subsidies or fuel tax reductions in the latest support package, so uh, drivers won't be thrilled with that. Based on your analysis of the plan so far, Ryan, are there business sectors that may benefit from this new spending?
0: There are a couple that come to mind. So if you look into the details of the support package, uh, we have some specific targeted measures um, for, for example, the Energy Efficiency Grant. So local SMEs in the food services, food manufacturing and retail sectors, they will be provided up to 70% support to adopt energy efficient equipment. And this will help them, I think, override or offset some of those higher costs in um, the power space. And if you look at the chicken slaughterhouses, we had the export ban for Malaysia. So Mm -hmm. business has been impacted to some degree. Uh, So they get a one-month foreign worker levy waiver. So that could help tide things over for that part of the business. So you do have some targeted measures for some business groups who have been having a harder time.
1: To what extent do analysts expect this billion and a dollar half package to offset the impact of rising
0: prices? It's a tough one. The challenge is huge and we do have these targeted measures helping in some areas. So it will go some way, but with the magnitude of the challenge, it will not fully address everything. So it is something that will go some way and I think we can look forward to further calibration as required um, as we see the situation unfold to look at what further measures may be needed down the road. Um, so something you pointed out as well, we have seen an absence of fuel subsidies and tax reductions. So maybe something that could be considered in future reiterations of the package. Um, but for now, I think... Um, it's a very cloudy outlook where you have so many moving parts. Mm. So this will help to some extent, uh, but something that will continue to be monitored for future revisions or further support if needed.
1: Yes, as uh, people on the ground monitor rising costs of living and you know basic costs moving up, fuel costs moving up as well. And of course, the need to balance that with Singapore trying to pivot as an economy and infrastructural investments in that area. Time for corporate news in a game of Up or Down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. All right. I don't know whether you have cereal for breakfast, Ryan,
0: but do you? I used to be big on Frosties. You remember Tiger? Is his name, Tiger? I love oh. Frosties. Little treat in the morning. Yeah, so Tigger. this was no. Tiger, yes. I, I think okay. he was Captain Tiger. Yeah, I think oh, you're well. right, yeah. So I have pretty much the whole range of um, cereals from Kellogg's when I was growing up. Uh, not so much as now. Uh, not as much now. But it is something that brings fond memories. Oh, that's nice. We could be in for a bit of a change for Kellogg's because they are splitting into three. So three separate companies because Kellogg's wants to focus on its snack business, which accounted for 80% of its total sales. So pretty much a recent trend. We are seeing big companies trying to break itself up to focus on growth priorities so Kellogg the latest one to do so
1: you're right so Kellogg's going to be splitting into three independent companies and one will focus on global snacking now I need to get into the industry clearly. Uh, another is going to focus on North American cereals. And the third independent company from Kellogg is going to focus on plant-based foods. So it sounds like the basic food groups to me. Investors are so far taking the news in stride, but I expect the split will unlock some shareholder value. So it's an up for me. More Fruit Loops, Pop-Tarts and Corn Flakes for everybody,
0: hopefully. Uh, Malaysia's Car Samh. Okay, this is going to be a down for me. So, this is a used car online marketplace. They were supposed to have dual listing plans in Singapore and the US, but it looks like that could be shelved for now because of reports they are concerned about worsening macroeconomic conditions that could dent its valuation. (laughs) So, something that could also play out as a wider trend for. IPOs in the pipeline. So down for Carsom.
1: Down for me as well. On the back of that news, they're an online used car marketplace delaying its listing plans in Singapore and the US. Carsom concerned that the recent market downturn is going to affect its valuation. So I'm going to be looking for more companies to announce delays as well. Our next one is a repeat entry from yesterday. News has developed overnight. Keppel DC read. Now, yesterday we agreed this wasn't up as it is a buying a new data center in China. What about today, Ryan? Has your view changed?
0: Mm, so it is still up. And that's based on the latest recommendations coming through from the analyst community. Mm. So you have got more of them being more bullish. So DBS group research among them raising their target price on capital DC REIT to two fifty from two hundred forty where it is trading right now is around one ninety. So it's looking at capital D C REIT generating a what they call a very attractive forward yield of more than five point two percent. So it's keeping its buy recommendation.
1: So DBS Group's target price, which has been raised, by the way, to 250 per unit for Keppel DC REIT, is nearly 30% above its current trading price. So Keppel DC REIT is up for me. Before we turn to Singapore, last week on the show, we talked about how the famous jumbo floating restaurant in Hong Kong was being towed away, shut down for good. I don't know about you, but my social media and my WhatsApp feeds are ablaze with news about jumbo. It's no longer floating. Did you see the news, Ryan?
0: (laughs) It's all over social media. So a bit of a sad scene to see how jumbo floating seafood restaurant has gone the way of the Titanic. (laughs) Underwater. So it's sunk on its way to wherever we're supposed to go in Southeast Asia. I don't think we can see it anymore unless it's going to be called an underwater restaurant.
1: Oh, it's so sad. And some say a a real... You know, ominous symbol almost, a faded landmark of Hong Kong, says Bloomberg, sinking in the South China Sea. It just wasn't built to be towed, right? It wasn't meant to be moved.
0: At least um, not moved after so many years where it has not been maintained to the level it was supposed to be. So I think it was a tough one to move something so old. Um, for, for so long so I've, I'm just a bit um, sad that Very these sad. memories are just going underwater right now
1: oh well at least you have some happy memories of actually walking around the interior
0: Hmm. Hopefully, they can uh, remake something similar down the line. Um, I'm sure there's a market for floating restaurants.
1: Yeah, yeah, good idea. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished higher yesterday. Though it lagged behind other Asian bourses, Semcorp Industries led the local market higher. The SDI finished up two-thirds of a percent at 31.17. So how's the blue chip index trading this morning, Ryan?
0: Okay, let's take a quick check in with the strict Times Index. In the green, by 0.4%, 3,128. So, extending yesterday's gains. Uh, looking at STI, we've got more green than red. Nine in the red. At the bottom, Thai beverage down 0.8%. Followed by Venture, Singtel, SIA and OCBC Bank. Looking at the top of the table, we have Capo DC REIT. Up 2.1% at $1.97, followed by Johnny Matheson Holdings, DFI Retail Group, Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust. Uh, worth noting, Capital Land Invest is up 0.8% at 384. And they are in the news for setting up their first onshore renminbi fund in china so that's in the headlines uh, to watch out for as investors react to the news sure will before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance
1: to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at MoneyFM 893.sg or download our audio app that's a w e d i o available on google play or the app store